Hey everybody, welcome back to Shop Talk. Uh, first, I got a couple quick announcements. Uh, I have recently put the podcast now on Amazon and iHeart Music. So uh, I know I love personally. I like I iHeart. I like their format. Uh, it's very easy to listen to podcasts. It's what I listen to every day. Uh, I know on iHeart, if you go up and click, there's a little button right next to the, the picture of the podcast, and uh, if you click that, it just says follow, and then it'll automatically upload episodes for you every time I put a new one in. Uh, I Just at the very beginning, I was asked about if I was on anything besides Spotify, and uh, I was, but there's, Anchor kind of puts it out on its own on several different uh, platforms. But I know that people listen on different platforms, and so this will just make it a little bit easier for you to find it on a platform that you actually enjoy to use. So I am now on Amazon and iHeart. So uh, now I want to get into talking about communion today. And that's something that I know at different churches do it different ways. Uh, at the church I'm at uh, now, uh, we do it every Sunday. Uh, we just have a part during the service where right before the sermon that we go ahead and, and we take communion uh, and churches do it some the ones that we used to go to uh, they used to do it once a month you had communion Sunday uh, and I don't I don't know that either one is wrong per se I, I certainly think it's a good thing to do it more often it's an important thing that we remember To, to do it in remembrance of him. I mean, that was the whole point he gave it to us. Uh, so I don't think you can necessarily do it too much unless it becomes to where you start to not think about what it represents. If, if it becomes just a habit for you and it doesn't really mean anything, uh, then you are no longer doing it right, so to speak. So um, also some, like the church that we're at now, they have a... Uh, a little wafer type cracker thing and then a little juice some our old church used to do it uh, with a loaf of bread that you would actually come up front and and do that you pull off of the loaf or they would you'd had one person that was pulling off of the loaf and handing you a piece uh, some places do it with actual wine I don't know that there's that lot that do it that way anymore but uh, and I, I don't know that that's so important. I mean, I understand why they do it that way, but uh, I don't know that that's... The important part is what it signifies, and as long as you're focusing on that, I don't think you're you're doing it too wrong. But we'll, we'll get into some of that. Uh, as, as, as I'm trying to get more used to, I'm giving you more scripture, uh, because I actually have that opportunity using this microphone and doing, doing these at home. So, in Matthew, he's, he gives us, this is at the Last Supper, and this is when we, this is when we typically think of uh, communion, and where we get this from is, is during that Last Supper, up in that upper room. Uh, in Matthew, it's uh, Matthew 26, uh, verse 26, uh, as they were eating, this is, this is also a different Bible, once again, I've got several, uh, so... I just have this one for t today. I'm not going to do a whole lot of different translations. This one's a simplified um, 
It's a simplified living Bible, so it might be slightly different than what you're used to hearing. Uh, I got it as a kid, apparently clear back in 98, so it's, it's an older Bible. Uh, but uh, it says, as they, were, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread. He blessed it and broke it apart. Then he gave it to the disciples. He said, take it and eat, and eat it, for this is my body. He took a cup of wine. He gave thanks for it. Then he gave it to them to drink. He said, each one of you drink from it. This is my blood for which, <clears throat> this is my blood which will seal the new covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of many. And, you know, it's always interesting when you start going through the Gospels on, on how the, each one records it slightly differently. Uh, in Mark, it's very similar, uh, but there's a few little bit of changes in it. Uh, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. Yes, this is, uh, by the way, Mark 14, 22. Uh, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread. He asked God's blessing on it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to them. He said, eat it. This is my body. Then he took a cup of wine. He gave thanks to God for it and gave it to them. <clears throat> and they all drank from it. Then he said to them, this is my blood poured out for many. It seals a new, the new agreement between God and man. And so, like I said, it's it's still uh, very similar. There's a few changes in wording, and, and you, you would expect that when you have two different people recording the same event. Um, you're going to remember different things. You're going to see different things. Um, and so the fact that it's so similar and yet has slight variances actually gives it more credence that, it's, that this is legit. This, this actually took place. This is a historical event instead of a mythical event, which is good for us. Um, now, John 6, this is a little bit different setting of when Jesus begins to talk about um, the, uh, the, the taking of the, the bread and the wine. So, because this isn't actually talking about the bread and wine as it was in uh, the verses I just read with Matthew and Mark, those are up in the, like I said, the, the upper room at the Last Supper. Uh, this is when Jesus was actually teaching to people, and he doesn't say bread or wine. Uh, so this is, this is actually a, a passage that's really hard for some people, and we kind of tend to skip over it, because we don't really know how to explain it other than we have the reference of the last supper and so therefore these people didn't and so it would sound very crazy and so john 6 verse uh, 47 is where it starts and uh, it says how earnestly i tell you this anyone who believes in me already has eternal life yes i am the bread of life your fathers in the wilderness ate manna but they all died the bread from heaven gives eternal life to give everyone who eats it, <clears throat> or to everyone who eats it. I am that living bread that came down out of heaven. Anyone eating this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh given for the sake of all people. Then the Jews began arguing with each other about what he meant, which you can understand. I mean, I would be very confused when you start talking about eating my flesh. What, what, what do you mean? <laughs> it says how... How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. 
So Jesus said it again, I tell you the truth, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you cannot have eternal life. But anyone who does eat my flesh and drink my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him from, raise him at the last day. For my flesh is the true food, and my blood is the true drink. Everyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood is, me, is in me, and I in them. I live by the power of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, those who eat of me will live because of me. I am the true bread from heaven, and anyone who eats this bread will live forever, and he will not die as his ancestors did. And this is shortly after is when you see how many of his disciples left him, except for the twelve. And he's kind of saddened by this, and, and this is when he asks the twelve, or, will you leave me also? And they say, no, who, who else will we go to? You speak the words of truth. But obviously we know now that he's not talking that we have to eat his flesh. That he's talking about what he would present to them in the Last Supper. That when you break the loaf, that's his body breaking in. And when you drink the, the wine or the juice, that that's his blood being poured out for you. And we're doing this as semblance. It's the same type of thing as, as like baptism. We don't actually die and get rose, you know, raised from the dead, but we're symbolizing him being buried in the earth and raising a new, you know, new three days later. And this is the same type of thing, but with them not having any reference points, I'm sure it sounded very crazy to them. And this isn't the first time that he uh, uses that type of description, um, that type of kind of comparing one thing to another without necessarily a reference point. If you remember at the, the woman at the well, um, he kind of used the same type of uh, alliteration or whatever you want to say. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but he, this is this is when he's talking to her and he's telling her like you know I'm I'm the living water so as you see this um, <clears throat> this is in John 3 or no excuse me this is in John 4 verse 9 and it says the woman was surprised that a Jew would ask a Samaritan for anything usually they wouldn't even speak to them and she remarked about this to Jesus and of course, this is true. This is why Jesus used the Good Samaritan as a, it is an example for describing who your neighbor is, because the Jews did not get along with the Samaritans. Um, he replied, "You don't know who I am. <clears throat> you don't know God's great gift for you. But if you knew these things, you would ask me for some living water. But you don't have a bucket," she said. And this is a very deep well. Where would you get this living water? And besides, are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? Clearly, she doesn't know who she's talking to. How can you offer better water than which he and his sons and cattle drank? Jesus replied, People who drink this water soon become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give them will never be thirsty. It becomes a spring of water inside them, and it was, and it waters them forever with eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me some of that water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to make this long trip out here every day. So like I said, obviously, still not getting it. Uh, 
and and again when you have no reference it's, it's easy to look back when we have this wonderful book to study and, and understand the references that he's giving um, it, it's it's understandable that maybe she didn't quite get it you know this is something totally new nobody's said something like that before I mean that sounds crazy and there's several times in the Bible where something's being said in particular with Jesus that that you don't they don't get it uh, for example when he talked to Nicodemus and he was telling him that you need to be born again the first thing Nicodemus is asking is well how, how can I be born again? I can't possibly climb back up into my mother's womb. So they take it very literal. Uh, same thing with this living water. She's thinking at a practical sense, uh, that would be fantastic if I didn't have to come here and gather water every day. I could just not be thirsty anymore. Uh, and then, of course, very disturbing when they think that they have to actually physically eat his flesh and drink his blood. Obviously, that wouldn't work out very well for all of us because we don't have that chance, and uh, that would be that would become very quickly a first serve, first first come, first serve type of scenario, which would not be good. Um, and again, then that would what that would do is say that it's something that you did. It's a work that you did in order to receive your salvation. Of course, we know, like I said, that that's not what he meant. We get the, a better illustration for us and for them back then at the at the Last Supper when he explains it. <clears throat> and uh, Paul, he actually goes into this communion uh, also, and he's he's having issues. This is when he's writing to the the Corinthians. He's having issues with some people are not not treating this properly Um, and I I think people today sometimes do this but not to the extent of what they were doing back then Um, they were treating it basically like a full on meal um, at times and like a party in in the wrong way (laughs) if that makes sense so this is what Paul says it's in It's in 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 15 is where it starts. And it says, you are smart people. Paul was always very good at this. He always tried to give them some good along with the bad so that you'd continue reading. (laughs) You You are smart people. Look now and see if what I am about to say is true. We ask the Lord's blessing on the cup of wine at the Lord's table. This means that all who drink it are sharing the blessing of Christ's blood. And when we eat the bread, it shows that we are sharing his body. It doesn't matter how many of us there are. We all eat from the same loaf of bread. This shows that we are all parts of the one body of Christ. So that's kind of a nice way to look at it, that it, when you're all partaking in communion together at the same time, it doesn't matter how many of you are, there are there. You're all getting that blessing. It's for all of you. And of course, that's... that's that's the same thing that we that we say um, his blood was shed for many it was shed to cover all of our sins and, and we've been taught how we're all 
parts of the body of Christ, all of us as a family, as a church. <clears throat> and then I found this very interesting. Later on, when Paul is talking, this is in chapter 11, verse 23 is where it starts. And this is when he actually just starts to describe what, how you should do the Lord's Supper. This, this last one I just read, that kind of explains what the Lord's Supper is for everybody. That we all are blessed by it. And this actually gets into kind of how we should ta- partake in that. It says, I have told you what the Lord told me about his table. So he's saying that he, when he met Jesus, this is what Jesus told him about this. So he's taking this knowledge directly. It says, It was on the night when Judas betrayed him. The Lord Jesus took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, Take this and eat it. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Now, it's amazing how similar that is to Matthew and Mark, right? So, he wasn't there. Paul was not there. In fact, prior to meeting Jesus, he was not Paul, he was Saul, and he was killing people who were following Jesus. So for him to know this knowledge, now yes, he does know Peter, who is there, but the wording was so specific, and he doesn't say that Peter told him, he says that Jesus told him. So uh, continuing on, in the same way he took the cup of wine after supper. He said, this cup is a new promise God has given you. He will keep this promise because I shed my blood. Do this to remember me. When you drink it, every time you drink this bread and drink the cup, drink this cup, you show the Lord's death. Do this until he comes back. Some of you may eat this bread and drink from this cup in the wrong way, but such people are sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should think carefully before eating the bread and drinking from the cup. If he doesn't, he is eating and drinking God's judgment upon himself. Why? He doesn't think about the body of Christ and what it means. That that is why many of you are weak and sick. Some of you have even died. If you are careful before eating, you will not be judged and punished. Why are we judged and punished? By By the Lord? Excuse me, why are we judged and punished by the Lord? It is so that we will not be punished with the rest of the world. So brothers, when you gather for the Lord's Supper, wait for each other. If anyone is really hungry, he should eat at home. That way, he won't be punished when you meet together. So a lot of these people, they were taking, like I said, and, and using this as a as a meal. And, and when they were doing that, they were it was resulting in some people not getting enough other people would get drunk so it it, you know obviously not a good thing I I also have seen I'm not I don't remember exactly where that was at but I've seen it worded that that Jesus um, oh here I found it it's in Luke so in Luke 22 verse 19 once again this is this is at the last supper and he's describing he's explaining what everything represents then he took the loaf of bread he had 
he had thanked God for it, and he broke it apart and gave it to them. He said, This is my body, given for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. After supper, he took, he gave them another cup of wine. He said, This, is, this wine is the token of God's new agreement to save you. It is an agreement sealed with the blood I shall pour out, and with it I will buy back your souls. So we often talk about the cost of our salvation. And right here in this particular translation, he's talking about him, that he's purchasing us. He's making that purchase. So again, that explains that this isn't something that we do. The only thing that we do, our part in it, is choosing him, accepting him. Otherwise, he bought us. We are his. He's called us by name. He knows us. He chose us before we were ever born. So communion is a great way to, to remember that sacrifice he did on the cross. And it's always, like Paul said, it's very important that you take it seriously. This isn't a, uh, a going through the motions type of thing. It's examine yourself, uh, admit to your sins. You know, this isn't like a confession or anything. It's just take it seriously. Understand that this is this is a it's a bigger deal than what it may seem. You know, it's just a little for us. It's just a little cracker and a little tiny, almost shot of juice. But what it represents is so much bigger, and so uh, it's just it's important. And you know, be thankful that we get that opportunity to take place. You know, take part in something like that that he did that for us so that's really all I have for today and uh, thanks again for listening Um, like I said I am out on Amazon and iHeart as well as everywhere that I've been before I'll continue to share these on Facebook Um, and uh, I just got on True Social just as another platform that maybe some people may I'll try to figure out how to share it on there as well. Uh, But on Facebook, obviously, if that's the way you enjoy doing it, that's going to continue to be there. And you can feel free to share it, to like it, to comment on it. Uh, I always appreciate that. And uh, thanks again for everybody that listens. Uh, Like I said, I I really appreciate everybody that's there for me and listens. And hopefully you're learning something. If anything, just me being able to talk about this stuff helps me to learn more. I mean, when you're teaching things or explaining things, that's, that's a great way to learn for yourself. So we'll end in prayer and, uh, and we'll head on out. Lord, thank you for that sacrifice that you made for pouring out your blood and, and the tearing of your body and, and the piercing of your hands and feet. We're just so grateful that you purchased our souls and that you did all this for us when we certainly didn't deserve it. Thank you for choosing us, even when sometimes people don't choose you back. We pray that more and more people come to know you and that you can help us to deepen that relationship with you and that appreciation for what you went through in order to to save us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, as always, be kind to one another. And until next time.